to another episode of the Houdat Jedi Podcast, episode 121. We are the Houdat Jedi Council. Dave, Fredo, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Yeah, doing good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hot. It's hot and, and <laughs> muggy in New Orleans, but, you know, it's better than cold. So, you know. So, somehow it's hotter in the Midwest than it's down here. You know, it's... Well, it usually is, right? Like, once you hit a certain point, it just... Rain. Yeah, yeah. Here, it, it, the rain and the Gulf, it tends to sort of top out eventually. Yeah, the the interesting thing, though, and Dave, you're from Kansas, so you uh-huh. know um, that there's this misnomer that uh, the Midwest is not humid. And the thing is that um, humidity will get up around 100% in Nebraska, Kansas, because of irrigation, because farmers are... You know, they're watering so much that it creates this mm-hmm. moisture dome. And so it's, you know, we kind of create our own humidity, if you will. Um, so and a lot of thunderstorms, too, that roll over the plains coming up, coming down from the mountains. And uh, Man, yeah, th- three it's... old men talking about the weather. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is elite podcasting material. I know, right? Um, but the, and the saints are in mini camp. So, um, but no, Michael Tom, did Michael Thomas like lose an ankle or something? Did what was he's, he's not practicing yet. So this is just all weird. Um, they now have a backup plan in place though, at least. So even if he can't go, you've got a couple of guys that are NFL quality. Yeah. Um, so at least there's that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> i mean I, i'm one of those is i've never been a, i was never a fan of ted ginn jr he made me sad more than he made me happy um you know emmanuel sanders was also kind of a wah, 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 wah. i mean i think we all thought he, it was, he was just going to be the dual threat that never was he racked up a lot of stats but was never Never showtime, I suppose. I don't know. So, pardon me if I'm guarded on I'm uh, on Jarvis Landry, and you know, so a lot of people have been <laughs> talking about selling. The Saints should go into fire sell mode. The National guys are saying this kind of thing, and it's just it's really irritating because selling the franchise. I mean, no, I oh, mean like, like selling off their assets because well, they're not going to win the oh, Super Bowl. I got you. I got you. And they, so. I just feel like they have too much mature talent on this roster. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, well, and especially with the defense. I mean, yeah. You, you just need an offense that is respectable and, yeah. and, and we can go places. So, anyway, no, I'm just, I just would like, I just want to know what, what the heck did he like have a, you know, an ankle replacement or what? All I know is uh, I'm not going to be worried until training camp day one happens and he's not there. At this point right now, all of this is voluntary. All of this is optional. He's not a rookie. He's not a young player. We know all he can do. If he doesn't turn up for training camp, panic stations then. Until then, this is the dead of summer. And yeah, yeah, and camp is camp. I mean, get healed. You know how to catch a ball. You know, it's all good. Yeah. Anyway, well, you didn't come here to listen about football either. We are going to be talking about Obi Wan Kenobi, um, episode four. Yeah, we're a couple days behind, but uh, it gives us a couple days to kind of digest what's been going on. And there was an interesting um, theory that has been 
going out there or an observation maybe um i saw it uh, on screen crush they they referenced it and they said each episode so far has mirrored um its corresponding episode from the skywalker saga so was it episode one it was mainly on a desert planet and there was the kidnapping of a princess um episode two was some political intrigue and on a um kind of a seedy yeah the coruscant versus whatever the name of the um planet was uh from episode two episode three happened in episode three. Oh, we had a vader and obi-wan showdown and one of the heroes gets burned and and then episode four as we will talk about was a, was very much a new hopish with um <clears throat> even to the point uh with i mean some shots that were like the exact same like the comlink mm-hmm. sitting on the counter the close-up i remember we watched that and brit said oh i've seen that before you know, so and it wasn't a criticism. It was cool. You know, and Obi-Wan, you know, using the force to distract stormtroopers and sneaking around an Imperial facility. So what do you guys what do you guys think of that theory? Is that uh, got some merit or is it kind of uh, is it matrixing? Do you think it's intentional or do you think it was subconscious? I don't know. I think it's intentional. Um, and you know, the proof will be in the pudding with episode five, if they're on a, some kind of like snow planet or something. Um, well, I think what's more likely, what I think is more likely is I think we're going to get another Obi-Wan and, um, well, actually, no, I take, I take it back. I think what's more likely is I think this is going to be the episode where Obi-Wan actually communes with Qui-Gon. Because so it kind of mirrors the Dagobah thing where he's going to have mm-hmm. to he's going to have his tree moment, you know, where he's going to have to confront something. He's going to have a little maybe some interaction with Yoda. So I think it's going to mirror <clears throat> Empire that way, because then the last episode is going to be the Return of the Jedi episode. I also think the title Empire Strikes Back could p- come into play, right? Like where the Empire is actually st- they putting find, its foot down they find jabin and they start yeah firebombing mm-hmm. it yeah yeah um so i mean you know we may not see literal snow but it'll be very much like oh the rebel secret base it's there we're going to wreck shop now and so yeah i i think it's deliberate i think it's intentional um and i think it's fun uh like if if i were given control of a star wars series like deborah chow was i I, i'd be like tempted to do something like this like i'm I'm gonna make remake the movies of my youth without remaking them but that's the thing is that people are also very critical of it because it is it's back to when the force awakens came out and it's like it's just a rehash and you know um so i don't know fredo do you think it's a do you think it's a little too on the nose or do you think it's tastefully done no, I, I would fall more in the tastefully done side because here's the thing. Up until this last week, it really wasn't obvious to anybody. Like, you're just going along with the story. So until unless somebody had pointed it out, kind of like we are right now, nobody really would have considered it as a major case. It's not like, it's not like they're 
they're following George's edict of it not repeating, but rhyming. So it feels similar. It's not the same. Uh, I could see where some people might have some issues with it, but people have an issue, all sorts of issues. Uh, I think I'm, I'm more comfortable with the way the story is being told. And it's a neat trick. It's an interesting mechanism for telling this story. But ultimately, the, the crux of it has to be Obi-Wan, Leia, Vader, those relate Riva, those relationships. Because if we don't, if we're not into that, then no amount of cute winks and nods to the audiences is going to work. And Aaron, if I could quote your wife on this, um, she talked about how anybody that critiqued La The Last Jedi, the movie, and, and enjoys this, or vice versa, she'd love to know what the heck they're thinking because it's just yeah. um there's a lot of similarities here uh, in terms of telling this story of someone who has fallen out of practice and has to kind of get their mojo back so um yeah and before so everybody make sure you're skipping the intro and skipping the um uh, uh the recap but we we recorded last week's episode on a tuesday and then the episode came out on Wednesday and we realized that we all missed the mark completely in our prognostication <laughs> as to what yeah. was going to happen. So we'll see, we'll make, we'll make, we'll, we'll prognosticate again at the end of this and then we'll see how wrong we are tomorrow. So I don't know, maybe you shouldn't listen to us, but, <laughs> um, but I think now that we see part. that we see that that alignment with the saga, I think it'd probably keep you in a safer bet as to what's going to happen. Um, like I said, I have my hopes. So anyway, on the count of three, we will hit play. Should be on Obi Wan uh, title screen or starting, and on three, two, one, play. And um, so yeah, and there's also some Jedi Fallen Order, uh, heavy, heavy linkage to that. Um, Fredo, you're the only one that's played the game, right? Yep. Well, Dave, have you played it yet? No. Okay, so I guess I'll be on one of the three. So guys. we'll talk about it as, yeah. as that happens. But, well, we get to it, right. But we wake up, uh, or we wake up, we start off with uh, Obi-Wan um, kind of going in and out of consciousness um, after leaving his battle with Vader. Um, and immediately uh, get the back to tank ready, which um, my kids were like, back to tank! back to you know that that just strikes me as so funny because that was such an obscure thing the only time we ever saw it was on um it was on empire strikes back and then all of a sudden it's like it's back to everywhere i mean we've got you know the back to spray from the mandalorian we got back back to tanks everywhere and it's like and apparently it's a man it fix you up real quick however who knows how long they got obi-wan in the tank here um yeah. but there is a do you think that there is a force connection going on here between Obi-Wan and Anakin? Or is this just, we're just kind of juxtaposing each of them and they're back to tanks? I think we're juxtaposing them together in, in their in their tanks, but also because it's showing, I mean, what's interesting here for me is it's not just showing their physical scars, but it's how much of their scars are mental or emotional or spiritual. That's kind of the difficulty is Bacta's going to heal their physical wounds. It ain't going to feel all the other, you know, it ain't going to heal the other stuff that they got going wrong with them. And so Obi-Wan comes 
comes out of it and he's like, where's Leia? Um, and we, she's a person. And as the one thing we did predict was that she would get lots of time. Leia would with Reva. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, <clears throat> And we do get a lot of interaction between the two, especially over the first half of the and half of this episode. And here's where the A New Hope references start, because she says, I am a princess from Alderaan. It's like I am, a, you know, a, on a diplomatic mission for, to Alderaan, you know. Right. Um, so that, that I, starts I'm, right off the bat. Yeah. Like I should have some level of diplomatic immunity here. You shouldn't be doing this to me, but. And this little girl should get an Emmy. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, her yeah, no, really good. She, it's not just she's you know, oh, she's cute, but I mean, she is capturing the character. The way she gets her chin to quiver, you know, and goes in and out of those emotions, it's just awesome. And now we have uh, Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr. One of the that's yeah, not that's not Quidlin Boss. One of the coolest things is how he calls him general. He calls Obi-Wan general. I dug, yeah, I dug we, that. So that, and that makes me, I mean, obviously, well, he says, everybody's looking for you. So you're putting, bringing down too much heat. You need to get out of here. Um, but I also wonder if there's some sort of, I don't know. Of course, he would have been too young to be fighting in the Clone Wars. I don't know. But he's aware of who he is. And that's interesting. Yeah. You know, that Obi-Wan Kenobi's name still means something to people. And, uh, yeah, he, he starts talking about how how he knows about what the Inquisitors are all about all right, and gonna, what the Empire is all about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take issue with some, some people whose criticisms of this scene where O'Shea Jackson Jr., whatever his name is, the character here, sorry. Uh, Roken. <clears throat> okay, he um, he's like... No, I'm not gonna help you. And then, like you know, thirty seconds later, it's like, all right, I'll help you. It's like they're they're mad about the quick turnaround. And my point to this is like, do you do you want the episode to be four hours long so they can convince him to you know come <laughs> along and yeah. help out? It's just like, I mean, you you no, take no, I don't want that. No, I mean, you it's like you just show that he didn't want to do it, and it's like then I mean, you just uh, I don't know. I think I, I think what it's showing is he wants to help Obi-Wan, but he's also got all these responsibilities and he knows the kind of heat that Obi-Wan's gonna bring. So No, I get all the that. They're talking about they're talking his about head from is the, telling him no. I mean, I get all that. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I get all that, but they're talking about they're they're criticizing like the writers and Deborah Chow for making it such like a like I said, about a thirty second turnaround of, mm-hmm. you know, no I won't, yes I will. And my point is like just people cannot like give any sort of suspension of disbelief and just say, okay, yeah, they, they couldn't spend four hours to get there. They couldn't spend a whole episode, you know, trying to convince him to come along. It's like, we just had to get the story moving along. So it's like, easy. Oh yeah. Well, pants. Well, that's just it. You're going to get, you're going to get another moment later in this episode. (sighs) A lot of the critics of the show have already started. Also got into the inability to suspend the belief. Now, I will say one of the problems I had was this with Obi-Wan barely able to move a matchbox car with the force. And then pretty soon he's doing all sorts of fancy Jedi stuff, except for the fact that I was like, OK, but then I I understand as a musician, it's like 
you know, I couldn't play my drums for a long time after having surgery, you know, but muscle memory kicks in, you know, mm -hmm. that's what training is about is so that you, you know, um, but that was more glaring to me than O'Shea Jackson Jr. But I, I got over it quick. Also, so. the nature of the force as it's been presented to us has been that um, in, in actual moments of duress, it can present itself in a more impactful manner. So um, uh, there's a, you know, in the um, the new book series, uh, there's there's a sequence where one of the Padawans is is trying to learn how to control his landings, <laughs> his literal landings. If you fall from a tall building, how are you going to land and not die? Um, and like the only way for his master to train him with this was to actually like throw him off of tall buildings and things. And uh, like it was still wasn't clicking until it absolutely had to click for him. And so uh, <laughs> that's like a doc. That's like Dr. Strange when she sends him to when the the um... well, I don't know any of that. She, 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 she sends that. him to no, Everest. The first one. Yeah, the first, the first one. one. The first one. Yeah, she sends him to Everest. Okay. Oh yeah, Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. She sends him to Everest, and it's like, well, you either die or you figure it out. You know. I also want to say here that Riva is a Matanki. good villain. Yeah, Just you a know, good you know... Star Wars villain. I mean, sorry, but I mean, better than Kylo Ren. Well, I mean, well, like the, you know, there that'll get some talking going. Uh, I but mean, uh, I. I've enjoyed her. I like, and again, I hate that the whole thing is tainted. Yeah. Like you got these idiots that will reject her just based on her gender and race. And then now like you can't have an actual discussion about the performance and like, honestly, not like in a defend mode. Uh, I think she's been great. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought she's been, like, I get everything that she's done. I was like, okay. Yeah. She's like kind of, it's we, we've, we've talked about how it's personal for her mm -hmm. we've talked about how like she's sort of teetering on the edge of losing her crap at any given moment um and you'll see that manifest here again shortly with leia which is just like great where she's like kind of like balling her fist almost like i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna punch I'm you gonna in punch the face the little kid in the face yeah <clears throat> i also want to say okay so we got um tala who's uh breaking into Fortress Inquisitorius. Another criticism is from people is how easy it is to break into and out of places like this. And my here's my counter argument. This is pre-Star Wars 9-11. Yeah. You know, it's like... Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the Empire was... Let's think about it. It was a little bit more difficult for the Rebels to move around and get into the second Death Star than it was to get into the and out of the first death star mm -hmm. so like i said this is this is pre-empire 9-11 so it would make i mean and i remember actually my brother's uh college or law school graduation um my stepdad ended up on the stage taking pictures i mean julian bond is speaking and my stepdad is sitting there like five feet away taking pictures and it's just and he just afterwards he's like you just gotta pretend like you belong you know it's, it's and how many of us have ever done that in a place it's like i i just belong here now post 9 11 you're not going to do that all that much you know so again that's that's what i'll say to my to the 
naysayers on this one. So, so two things. And one of the interesting aspects is, and and Tyler just gave us a good example of it is within the empire, the way that it's been portrayed, it's that it's a bureaucracy. And in a bureaucracy, the person who has a higher rank is quick to shut down the person of a lower rank. If you're if you're if you're a, a lieutenant, you don't question a captain. If you're a captain, you question the general, the admiral. If you're the admiral, the general, you don't question Darth Vader. Not because you don't want to, but because if you do, you get your head chopped off. So the bureaucracy, as we understand it within the empire, is one of you keep your head down, you do your job right, and you don't make mistakes, and you sure as heck well, don't do anything. <laughs> but but then we've also seen it where they that is the only mechanism to move up the ranks is to be ruthless, brutal, well, you know, and dangerous. So and that's the thing is everybody's everybody's afraid of the person above them. Exactly. It's it's not a nice place to work for, or the, other, you know, the empire. Oh yeah, well absolutely not. But the other thing too that really came sprung to mind for me was the re end of Return of the Jedi when Luke's talking with the Emperor, when he's like, "Your overconfidence is your weakness," and like that's that's it. Like they're in they're in the driver's seat. They got complete control of the galaxy. They're like, "We got this." No one would dare attack us. No one would dare. And and Obi Wan references it in the planning briefing. They don't have shields. We this, can get in there. I'm sorry. This scene right yeah. here of Leia saying, is this a staring contest? That was an <laughs> awesome character moment. It also shows, you know, it's talking, it, it goes back to her resistance. The mind probe is considerable. Mm -hmm. um, but again, she doesn't know that she quote unquote has the force or that she's using the force. I don't know. Do you think Reva recognizes that she's using the force or do you think it's just, like Darth Vader, her resistance to the mind probe is considerable. She's just strong. I think there's some understanding that, you know, because because if she if they suspected anything more regarding force connections, there's no way that they would allow her to eventually go back to Alderaan. We know she's got to go back to yeah. Alderaan. Uh, yeah. But at the same, you know, at the same time, I still think that Riva and the Inquisitor see somebody like Leia as a means to an end. She's not the target. She's not the goal. The goal is Obi-Wan. So she's trying to figure out some kind of way to get her to give him, you know, to get information to get where's Obi-Wan. And that's it. Yeah, she's uh, not way, she's yeah. not looking to get her like like figure out if she's force sensitive in that moment. She's trying to get Obi-Wan and draw right. him out. And 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 more to the point, like what you're saying, I think it's very much Leia um has this ability but it's not necessarily tied in with one's force ability because it's the same thing with the mind trick you know where if you can't do a mind trick on someone like wato you don't immediately think oh well he's very force sensitive and he's well, going to be the, a jedi someday here's the deal we talked about the posters last week and I, this just, I just yeah. popped in my head now everybody in this series is very it has tunnel vision yeah reva is only focused on obi-wan so she's missing things around her you know the the fifth brother later on you know when they walk they're sneaking out and they walk right by the inquisitors because they're only focused on reva's screw up and you know and vader is only focused on obi-wan so he's missing things um you know, so that's uh, that, that's kind of interesting. 
Um, By the way, before we proceed, because we've seen Obi-Wan breaking into Fortress Inquisitors, I'll just bring the uh, Jedi Fallen Order comparison, because much in the same way as Obi-Wan broke in by swimming mm -hmm. and finding an access port or having a door lock, that's much the same way in which Cal Kestis and Jedi Fallen Order breaks in. It's swimming from underneath, finding a spot, you know, and being lost in the maze, because one of the one of the dynamics that they establish about this place is that it's a maze that nobody really knows and nobody comes out of. And that's the thing. I remember when um, the Star Trek movie, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movie came out, and I was never a Star Trek fan. I was never against Star Trek, but I was never a Star Trek fan. And But my sister-in-law really was. And I asked, I said, how's, how's the movie? I said, well, I, she said, it's, it's, and it's she said it's made in such a way that if you have just that high level appreciation for Star Trek, you're really going to enjoy it. And if you're a big Star Trek nerd, there's enough stuff buried in it that you're going to really dig that as well. And that's what's going on here. You don't have to play Fallen Order to appreciate yeah. what's going on here. But if you've played the game, then you're going like, you know, it's kind of like Peter Griffin going, ah, the chicken's Boba Fett, you know, that type, or he said mm -hmm. the thing. Um, so they're, uh, they're putting things in there for, for, you know, depending on that. And it's also giving a little bit more credence to the video game. Well, then we know, I mean, cause the game took place five years before this on the timeline. So it would make sense that they're, uh, defenses would be just a little bit stronger, but maybe not strong enough because they think, oh, that was a one-off. Nobody would be stupid enough to do this again. Whereas <laughs> we're seeing now that, you know, Obi-Wan is desperate enough to try this move. Love that Leia is trying to play Reva here. Mm -hmm. So I just have to tell my dad, that's okay. You said we're all on the same side, right? Just caught her big time. And that's when you said Reva wants to punch her in the face. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I love that so much for the first time I watched it and it, it doesn't diminish in it, it, its quality with repeated viewings. Cause it's just, it's so, it's so Leia, right? She's the smartest person in the room pretty much always. Um, and, uh, and, and this just reflects that. All right. So we're going to have to pause here and really focus on what Obi-Wan stumbles onto right now. Because I wasn't really anticipating this, but I guess if you played the video game, Fredo, you probably knew it was coming a little bit, or not, not well, so not this. I mean, they've, uh, one of the aspects of the Fortress Inquisitors is that yeah, they keep trophies. We've seen those in previous episodes, but seeing the what we're about to see right now, no, that was new. And what's interesting is that you know, in some ways, I've seen some people talk about how it makes sense from the standpoint of not just trophies, but cloning material yeah and and how maybe the loss of fortress Inquis you know of all this all these jedi and whatnot and all these captured force users may be part of the reason why somebody like grogu is of such high demand years later now the only one that's recognizable is a, a character from the clone wars that was in an episode with ahsoka mm -hmm. again a lot of people who focused on the clone wars recognized him right away I had to be reminded. Um, there are some people who say, I think that Mace Windu is one of them. And it's like, okay, I, first of all, yeah. this is showing, you know, Order 66 in in Revenge of the Sith 
showed us if the people who died in that they showed they showed them dying Mm-hmm. This is showing they got a lot more beyond what we saw. So there would be no need for them to show Mace Windu, Kiati Mundi, whoever. And you're certainly not going to just show somebody who might be Mace Windu and not have it be straight up Sam Jackson, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I also say, like, okay, for, like, explanation purposes, like, why are you keeping these bodies here? We sort of alluded to a couple of reasons. Um, one of the other main reasons that we saw in Rebels was to draw Jedi out yeah. um, right. through this, like, keeping them sort of in some kind of stasis where they're sort of projecting some sort of image of themselves outward uh, would allow you to potentially draw Jedi to this place that is supposed to be a death trap for them at that point. Um, and um, well, as I said, like again, this is another beautiful tie-in with Rebels in that way. Mm-hmm. So now we have uh, Reva and Tala. Tala's um, saying that, uh, well, she's trying to just she was acting as a distraction but one of my favorite parts here was when Reva says admit you're a spy and she says of course I am <laughs> and you know it's it's interesting because this is also that from a certain point of view type of thing so Reva's obviously she uses the you know the mind reading type of power and so she's you know she so Tala's kind of blocking her because for the most part she's telling the truth Mm-hmm. You know, she's changed the planet name, but she's told them exactly what the people with the path have been doing because they are running a sanitation. Oh, and here, I'm sorry, Obi-Wan slicing down stormtroopers in the dark with a lightsaber. This was awesome. I'm just going to pause now. Mm-hmm. This was cool. Well shot. It was, it was really kind of our, maybe our first real inkling, other than the hallway where he makes the sound to distract the stormtroopers so that he can get proceed down the hallway um like oh it's like okay well we we were kind of waiting for that moment i think we all expected him to be able to do that and he was able to do it and he passed that hurdle and this was another hurdle it's like now another little cool cut these guys down another cool visual thing right here was uh where leia and obi-wan even though this is kind of the a new hope if we're going to go with that but that was very much empire strikes back it i mean the 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 coloring and the lighting of you know everything of even though i mean it's i'm not saying that leia and obi-wan have a romantic bond but um, oh god but i mean it's still it was like very much like the carbon freezing chamber um, you know it reminded me of a little bit of uh, attack of the clones when uh, dooku and uh, anakin are swinging their lightsabers through the dark yeah. in the in their duel it reminded me a little of that um yeah here's the double talk between reva and tala I love like I'm saying it's like look he's she's using the truth to tell her lie. Yeah, and like I said, she tells and, them exactly what because they're yeah they're running a sanitation you know cover and you know but they're hauling Jedi out but she just changed the name of the planet and it's like yeah, which is again we're talking about callbacks to uh, a New Hope. This is what Leia did <laughs> eventually where when. It, she reveals the name of the planet where the rebel base is located, and it's not the right planet. 
It used to be, but it's not. <laughs> all right. So that was, that was one of my biggest complaints, even when I was a kid, that it's like um, we just got done with a planet named Tatooine, and the only other planet that gets name-dropped in that movie is uh, is Dantooine. It's like Tomax and Zaymot for crying out loud. It's like, I, you know, it's I, George lost all of his creativity and just like, all right, Tatooine, Dantooine. Ugh. Anyway. Well, to be fair, I mean, we 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 got uh, how many planets? Uh, you know, how many countries here and they or regions are after somewhere else? As a, so. as a person who has stormtrooper armor, I just want to say that yes, if you grab a stormtrooper by the bottom of the helmet and pull here, you're probably going to win that fight. So, uh, <laughs> so that yeah, was that not was that was not unrealistic at all. You grab the bottom of the helmet, there ain't nothing I'm going to be able to do. Um, yeah, because some people had a big have made a big deal of Tala knocking the first one out. By smacking him upside the helmet, and I'm just like, we okay. First work. of all, suspension of disbelief, but also, as somebody who's played football, I can tell you from experience that if you smack me upside the head and the helmet on, yeah, it's gonna take me a moment to kind of think about what's going on, just because, yeah, you've just literally rattled the brain inside my head. Now I'm digging the blocking of the laser bolts, and I love Obi Wan giving the little bit of flourish with the. So we talked about him getting his mojo, and it is, it's slow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not doing all the spectacular things that he did, like in the Clone Wars and everything, but, you know, or he's not blocking laser bolts like he did in The Phantom Menace with Qui-Gon, but they, we're, we're getting back. Um, and apparently this one little special stormtrooper is from uh, Jedi Fallen Order as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Perch Trooper. They are... Stormtroopers specifically assigned to work under the Inquisitors, designed to be able to fight against Jedi and Padawan, and uh, they're they're stormtroopers specifically uh, uh, put under the control of the Inquisitors, and so it's fun to see them come to live action because yeah, you, you fight a lot of them in Fallen Order. By the way, this little moment with the water and uh, holding back the, the water, yeah, that's another little moment from Fallen Jedi Fallen Order that had to repeat because most of the fortress is underneath the surface and so if you want to create a moment of tension start flooding places <laughs> and I, just, I also have to say here okay so he lets the water go this episode again actually this series um I, first of all we should be saying that this is the this episode's called you know snapping necks and collecting checks because you know, we've, we've seen a stormtrooper thrown into a pool after he got his neck snapped. Now we've got drowning stormtroopers floating. There, I mean, there's some, it's, it's, and it's very, it's one of those things where it's not gory because it, there's, they're in armor. So you're not seeing anything, but it's still enough to, I don't know. They're going places where Star Wars hasn't gone, but, um, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not against it. Um. But here we go. We're uh, what? What? Okay. So honestly, 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 what'd you think about the sneaking Leia under the trench coat? <laughs> it's I, I, uh... you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Han Solo trying to bluff his way out the moment they tried to rescue Princess Leia. You know when he's like, "We're doing fine. We're all doing fine. How are you?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like so. So if, it, so, that, <laughs> so if that gets, so if you don't have a problem with that, why you have a problem with this? Right, right, right. 
I think we're meant to laugh at it. I think we really truly are because it's just so ridiculous. Like, that's never going to work in a million years. But it also shows kind of like their desperation. And again, it shows the bureaucracy T47s, of the empire. T-47s, T-47s. Sorry, go ahead. Snow speeder. Yeah, they're, they're just focusing on their task at hand. They're not taught to look around. They're taught to just look ahead. And so, yeah, they see two officers passing by. Nope, nope, don't pay attention. Now, never mind the fact that there's two little feet next to the, uh, underneath the other ones. Oh, by the way, why did they have to shoot the mouse droid? Why? I don't know. know anybody. <laughs> That was kind of random, right? Yeah, I don't know. And okay, so we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take on another criticism here. People were. They're like, how did they get three people in the back of a snowspeeder? And I, my reaction was, did nobody ever go to college? It's like how many times <laughs> do you fit five people in the back of a Chevette to go on a beer run, you yep. know, or to go to Taco Bell at two in the morning? You know, it's like, I mean. It, I mean in a pinch, things can happen, you know, <laughs> and even though you, you got two adults and a little kid, and now we will all raise our glass to Wade, who we yes, poor lost Wade. tragically. Pour one up for Wade. Probably actually the first casualty in the rebellion. Possibly so. I well, mean, he's the, he's the, what is, who is the, the kid who died in the Boston Massacre, Atticus, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name anyway other than the jedi that have been hunted down previously you know like you might be able to make an argument with some of those people but on the screen uh you have the guy that got strung up in the first episode um, it's crispus addicts but... sorry it's crispus addicts mm -hmm. he was the basically the first uh person to die in the american revolution anyway mm -hmm. um so you can make an argument either the guy the Jedi on the run who got strung up uh or Wade probably. Yeah, but 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 Wade was one of the first who was just kind of, he was a re, he was the reluctant, you know. Yeah, uh, he was anyway. less of a less of a, he was not a special case like a Jedi is kind of a special case. And right? Vader storming down the hall. I'm all for that too. Yep. Very, very Hayden Christensen uh, looking like with throwing out the hand, you know, and, and taking three steps forward in her face. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I love, yeah. Go ahead. He gets the idea here from her, um, uh, and they do that. I love that when they when they do. I I just I can't resist that when they do that when they when they get an idea. You see the gestation of an idea. Uh, that they use later on in the original trilogy. And, and here it's Vader getting the idea to track the ship back to the rebel base, which he, of course, uses in A New Hope when Tarkin well, says, I, we're taking an awful risk, Vader. This had better which work. Is also, which is also funny because Princess Leia was also being tracked in that ship also. And, her, and at that point she knows. Yeah, her reaction is like, come <laughs> on, we're being tracked. And she so knows, yeah, she knows. exactly right. Yeah. yeah, they they're both familiar with that move, and and they're and one of them's using it, and the other one's aware of it. So, yeah, and uh, I know in in a weird way, I I appreciated that moment. I think you kind of needed that moment between Vader and Riva, not only because yes, Vader is going to be all upset and whatnot with what happened. I mean, he's literally next door, because Mustafar's next door to her. 
but also just from the standpoint of upping the stakes in the dynamics within the Inquisitors. Like, if he, if, if Riva or the fifth brother had no understanding of what the stakes are now for them, they now know that if they don't, if they fail to bring Obi Wan in, it's their heads. This moment here, where Leia takes Obi Wan's hand, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's 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 she's accomplishing what Bale tried to accomplish, and that it's ringing in his head that it's more than just about Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also getting him to care about something again because he didn't care about anything. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we pan yeah. down and we see that Lola, Lola has a red eye. I love that part. Lola's eye was always blue, and now it's red. So we know it's evil Lola. Um, <laughs> it is evil Lola. It is I evil Lola. I was baffled at first when she's like, I put a tracker on them. We're going to find them. And I was like, where? How? When? I couldn't figure that out. And then, like, then that. At least, uh... I gotta tell you, I, mean, I of the podcasts that I listen to, two, I mean, two, every single one of them was like, of the four episodes, this is my least favorite episode. And I'm not there. I love this episode. And watching yeah. it again just now, it's like, I still, I mean, because of all those character moments that we got, you know, of... And you saw Obi-Wan's growth and you saw, you know, like I said, the little girl playing Leia was just knocking it out of the park. Reva is a great villain. Um, I don't mind the the A New Hope, you know, not yeah, just it's my favorite movie of all time. I mean, it's... It, so... <laughs> well, no, no, just, just to kind of not brush off, because I think you made a good point there and about how That's that moment is explaining about... Uh, how Obi-Wan's connected with people. Because there's a there's something to be said about how Obi-Wan had seen even his the dynamic with him guarding Luke as almost like a like a burden, like a sacrifice he was having to do. He didn't see Luke. I mean, he bought a you know that's you know a toy for Luke, but there wasn't really anything, you know, any kind of relationship, you know. This may have been more along the lines of like, this is the cross I must bear because it's the only thing I got left in the in my universe. But that relationship with Leia that he's building, it's allowing him to reconnect with people in a way that's people, in a way that we didn't see him at the start. And I think that's that's gonna be vital, not just in terms of the character going forward, but you know, for the rest of this series, but also just in terms of the characters will come to know him for Rebels and then later on for for episode four through six. All right, because you just mentioned rebels. I don't think I can't remember which one of you I told this to, or maybe uh, here. Here's my here. Here's my. Uh, this would be really cool to see. Um, Post credit scene. After um, maybe at the end, probably at the end of the last episode. Um, Obi Wan, uh, like or you know some at some point Obi Wan's like at a spaceport, and. He's on his way back to Tatooine. He's on a spaceport and he walks by and this hooded figure walks by him. You know, it's just, it's really crowded, but they walk by each other and the hooded figure stops and then it pans around and it's Maul. (laughs) And it's that, 
he sensed the presence and now he knows he has an idea that Obi-Wan is still alive because that's one thing that always sat weird with me in Rebels is like why all of a sudden is Maul obsessed with finding Obi-Wan it like seems to come out of no how does he you know come to think that he's still alive you know, and I, 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 and I think that would be a neat thing to do. Like I said, a post-credit scene where you just get, like I said, cr- a crowd of people and maybe, you know, they brush by each other. And it's like, like I said, in A New Hope, when Darth Vader says a presence I have not felt since, hmm. you know, and maybe you have, you know, Sam Witwer even say that line. I sense something, a presence I have not felt since. And, you know, that'd be a neat post-credit scene anyway. I, I've always found it sort of interesting that this character, and, and this is part of the reason that maybe that I've been drawn to him um, for a number of years, is that he he always seems to have these people that just hold these grudges against him and, and are just like out for vengeance and blood and I'm going to make him pay. Uh, and then and then they 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 they're able to fulfill that wish, right? Like they're eventually able to get him in a position where they're able to do that to him. Um, and then he endures and he overcomes and he eventually yeah, know, fulfills man. his after, mission. After Phantom Menace, Maul was just beside himself. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. um, I don't know. You know, I, like I said, it's uh, and actually, I was, get, I was getting my haircut today, and uh, if, like a kid who's my well, he's not a kid anymore. Uh, he's a for, former student of mine from Nebraska, cuts my hair now. Um, and he's a big Star Wars fan. And we were talking about Kenobi. And um, and uh, and I can't remember where the... Matanki. I was going with it. So never mind. I'll just... Uh, I digress. <laughs> I can't remember what the point was I was going to make. Um, that was a good one. Oh, well. That's it. Um, you, had to, you had to get that joke in, though. Like, it was really important. To himself. I, I'll remember <laughs> that one, yeah. Um, so, okay, so let's, let's, uh, let's prognosticate a little bit. So let's say, let's say that we are, you know, we talked a little bit about it, but uh, if next episode's going to be an Empire episode, um, what beats are we going to see? Like you said, I think they know where Obi-Wan and Tala and Leia are going because they're being tracked. So there's going to be probably all heck breaking loose. Um, a big old attack. But I still think there's got to be, the, I mean, a huge portion of the Empire Strikes Back is Luke learning the Force and the mysteries of the Force and um, confronting things. Um, so I, I think I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get a little Qui Gon and Yoda conversations. Well, a part of me has has been wondering if we won't get you know if we might not get Qui Gon till the very end, you know, kind of like you know if if the episodes are mirroring the the original six saga, whether the final you know the final shot that the Luke saw was yeah, you know the Force Ghost. So maybe that's when he'll, you know, maybe not get a force ghost, but he might hear Qui-Gon's voice in his head. Well, the way all these all these series have been going is that the last episode is going to be act, nonstop action from the beginning to the end. It's going to be the final battle. So mm-hmm. I, that's why I think at the end of this episode, that's this next episode, that's when you're going to get probably 
because something has got to motivate him to become the Jedi that he needs to be. He's using the mm-hmm. force in this episode, but something's got to remind him, you know, that he is a Jedi. And I think that's going to be Qui-Gon, like I said, or Yoda. Now I would be, I'd be, like I said, I'd be kind of torqued if we don't get any of that in this series, because then it's like, oh, that's what I was going to say. Because the, that's the only thing I could see is that when people talk about, it, is there going to be a second season? Um, mm-hmm. And we talked about this a little bit last week. I, Unless it's going to be a second season where it's Obi-Wan training, because that's the, that's the element that's missing is that we don't know how he got from, you know, point A to point B, how he got from, you know, not communing with Qui-Gon to disappearing when he, you know, got sliced down by Vader. So that, and so I, and I, I would, I would rather have that maybe just be in this next episode than a whole season on it. So, no. Well, you think about, um, yeah, I relate it in my own head back to Avengers Endgame when uh, Thor uh, let himself go and then he became Fat Thor and everyone had a good chuckle about that. But that ended up being like a really interesting choice for that character because then we got to see his struggles to come to terms with his reality and and try to begin to come back, take steps back towards becoming the kind of person that he could truly be. And um, and we're seeing that here. Like that was like when I watched the end sequence of Endgame. I feel like that's exactly why uh, Tony, uh, Steve, and Thor cannot take Thanos down in that moment because none of the three of them are in their prime at that moment. Um, they, for varying reasons, have sort of let themselves go. Uh, they're they're not in their A game. And now all of a sudden they're faced with having to beat him again. Um, and they can't do it. Um, and I feel like there's got to be, there's there's some truth in that for this character as well. And then I think like there's, it would be unrealistic for him to face Vader again and then like defeat him somehow. I, I, I don't see him being all the way back yet in that way, right? No. I mean, you you mentioned it like he could barely move a matchbox at the beginning of this episode. So um, I, that's why that's why I think there's going to be it Vader. I mean, I don't think Vader is going to get beat in the last episode. He's going to think it, I, I think it's going to end up kind of like his fight with Ahsoka in in Rebels where it's ambiguous because let's remember, let's go to a new hope. Vader's like, whoa, there's Obi-Wan's here. So he, he's not, I mean, it, but it's, so I think, I think Vader's going to be left with, I don't know if I killed him or not, you know? And, but you also get the line, you know, when we, when I first met you, I was about the learner. Now I'm the master. So I think Obi-Wan's going to get the better of him, but going to make it seem like, I mean, he's, he's going to, I don't know. It's, it's going to be left ambiguous, you know, to, I, to Vader. It's not going to be, you know, I don't think he's going to fly off in a ship and we're going to be left with Vader going curses. You got away, you know, type of thing. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Cause like what you said, you gotta, you, they, they probably have to service that line in some way. 
yeah you know when i left you i was about to learn and now i'm the master again uh he's he's you can interpret that a number of ways he's already left him he's already been on his own for the last decade um but like for him to phrase it in that way knowing that they faced each other since that confrontation on mustafar i do think like it implies that Obi-Wan he thinks obi-wan got the better of him in some way mm-hmm. um and so i think like there needs to be some sort of payoff to that um i would tend to agree with you on that i also feel like obi-wan's not gonna like do a backflip and knock him down with the force and slices actually, actually i think what it's going to be i mean <laughs> i think it's I, I think actually it's going to be um reva her redemption arc stepping in and it's going to be, you know, it's, she's going to be stepping in between and taking on Vader and then she's going to die. I mean, she's, she's not making it out of this series. I'm so, not sure about that. There are rumors that she's getting her own series. Well, she can um, have her own series that happens before this. <laughs> it could, you know, but what I'm saying, I don't think she's making it past this. Um, but that would kind of make sense. That would give, obi-wan clearance to get out and and like i said she's she's said they're setting her up for that classic star wars redemption you know you've all you've all screwed me in my life and you know and she's made bad choices because of that then she's going to realize no i'm uh, i'm a jedi and what you're doing to obi-wan is wrong and you know or actually probably more along the lines of anakin you were supposed to be my master you were supposed to be this that or the other so i'm ticked off at you so now i'm gonna fight you type of a deal i don't know um so it, it could be a redemptive arc or just so i'm not bad i'm just drawn that way she could she could keep being you know a, the mustache twirling villain but um well, yeah i don't know i don't know in some ways yeah it's interesting because on the one end we have kind of what we know it happens we kind of like i said the line of you know, when I left you, I was but the learner. So, I mean, the line states, when I left you, I was but the learner. So it may end up being something where uh, Vader feels like he doesn't need to pursue Obi-Wan. Maybe he thinks, oh, you know, he's got the upper hand for right now. I don't, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting way. How do, how do they pay that off in such a way that it doesn't feel like a contradiction? Now, that however, said, Star Wars is full of contradictions. Yeah, and however, now that I think about it, Rebels there are lines from Darth Vader. He wants to find Kenobi mm-hmm. because they, they make mention of, you know, to find Jedi. And he said, like Kenobi. So he, so yeah, again, I think it's, it's left ambiguous as to, I mean, he doesn't think that he's killed Kenobi, but um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. There's a lot of, but, but I think they're doing a good job at tying all these things together. Like I said, it's, this is doing a good job at explaining Le- explaining Leia's powers without, you know, retconning a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, you know the fact that she, you know, can remember visions of her mother. We've talked about this that, you know, she has, you know, uh, how she blocks the mind probe, how she blocks Reva, um, her empath skills. You know, they're doing a really good job at at you know, giving more depth to Leia's character other than just general, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all very in character. It reinforces what we already know of her 
um well like you said without retconning and adding a bunch of new crap that you're gonna be like well wait when did she learn have the ability to learn how to fly or whatever um i mean eventually you see that i guess you do see that in last jedi uh but uh um if we see her fly at some point i'm gonna be like you know wait wait a minute like now she she should be suspicious that she she has force powers and she never is even in return of the jedi she's like i don't have that power um yeah so you you really have to like pay that a line off as well you cannot give her some kind of fantastical no. thing and so like again like you said like these are powers that are, that essentially can go unnoticed um they're they're things that show strength mind strength that isn't necessarily supernatural mind strength um and and again a lot of stuff that um you know she's strong she's smart she's capable um she's feisty she's rebellious i mean like all these things that we love about her uh later on so is there anything about this episode that you know, we, we've been kind of uh we've been kind of rah-rahing this episode i mean because I, we all dug it is there anything that that didn't sit well with you that uh you wish they would have done differently I think if there's anything that I wish they would have done differently, I wish we had gotten a bit more with Roken and the members of the path. I do wish, I mean, I know that, I mean, they're not the crux of the episode. They're not what we want to see. You know, we're not there to see. Uh, and they do a little, you know, even in Star Wars, you know, even in uh, uh, Disney Star Wars or Disney Plus Star Wars, we still got to get the moment around the map with the hologram. So, well. You know, uh, and to that, but I, but to I that do... point, to that point, you're very, you're absolutely right because I think we did need a little bit more time with them because they really tried to sell us on the fact that we should all be sad that Wade died, but Wade's right. Wade's death is like Porkins. I, I'm stealing that from <laughs> another podcast, but it's, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, or Dak. It's like Porkins died. And it's like, oh, all right, well, all right. Right. but. But when Biggs died, you know, it's it's a little bit different because we knew a little bit more of him, maybe. But, you know, so I, you know, I don't know. They, if we would have spent a little bit more time otherwise, don't give the dude a name. Just it's a snow speeder that was there to help. And, you know, off we go. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, maybe a little bit more time spent with them would have been made that scene a little bit more uh, impactful. Right. Were you going to say a little bit more about that? Sorry, Fredo, Fredo, I no, no. stepped on. No, no, no. Yeah. no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, I, I, I got no complaints. I mean, honestly, I, I was talking to Aaron outside of the podcast recently about this show, and it's just like I don't, I don't have enough to fill like a whole episode talking about this, really, because it's just I liked it. <laughs> what about this thing? I like that too. <laughs> I like this other thing. It's, it's. It's, it's hitting all the right notes. And I think like for people who are like rejecting it, it's like, well, you're maybe you're just rejecting um, a particular politics or a particular perceived politics. I don't um, even think it's that. I just think they, they have, they, there's a, it's, they have this idea of what they want this to be because it's not that a hundred percent. It's a, well, this cannot be Star Wars, and well, and I, I don't get it. And I, I was talking to Fredo um, on Saturday about this as well. Is that um, there are there? Are, you know, 
I think it is a fair criticism to say that, you know, it's like Star Wars is stuck in um, just a certain set of characters. And there's, and we've talked about on this, on this show before is that, you know, we'd, we'd like to see some, we'd like to see the universe grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, and I've heard people's criticism that, you know, they, they wish that, um, that, like I said, the universe could grow a little bit and we could get to know Wade or, you know, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character, but that's not what this episode is about. Now, if we want to have a spinoff episode or, or spinoff series where we can dive into Tala's backstory. Otherwise, you know, Tala is just somebody there to help move the story along, to get Obi-Wan into Fortress Inquisitorious. I mean, really, that's all her job is to do. You know, it's, you know, these characters are, yes, they're interesting, but they're not the main show. And so they're upset that we don't get to know enough about them, but it's like, you know, sorry guys, but they're just the sit-in bass player tonight. They're not the bass player for the band, you know? So it's like, get over yourselves. You know, it's, that's, it's not, wait, let them do their solo album and then you can, you know, gush over them. Um, so I think that's the problem. And again, they want these episodes to be four hours long so that we can get those backstories and we can get to know all these people. And then you, then you just get a really crappy story. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, to your point earlier, like we don't need to spend a half hour convincing the guy to go on the mission, um, just to, you know, make it seem more realistic or, or get more insight into his character. Um, it's like the, the point is Obi-Wan. Yeah, the point there's is a Leia. reason why this is called Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's called yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and like that was my biggest critique of uh, the book of Boba Fett is that it was uh, misnamed because it's like the last half of that show is just like Mando and Grogu, you know. And... So I was, I was talking to my brother uh, this weekend and he and I said, it, he said, I'm stalled on Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I got to watch that. And he said, I've also got to finish book of Boba Fett. And I said, where'd you leave off? He said, right where uh where mando shows up and i was like yeah you need to watch that <laughs> it's like <laughs> everybody is stopping right where it's like yeah you're gonna need to see that part because otherwise you're gonna be yeah. really confused in a little bit uh, yeah it's so funny because like the first half of that sh- series is pretty standalone right um it's the book of boba fett it's a boba fett story and we're gonna get to you know understanding his character which you know works at times better than at other times it doesn't it always a work Scooby-Doo episode with batman and the globetrotters you're just like yeah it's <laughs> awesome and... but i'm confused yeah i mean by the end of it you're like whoa okay this doesn't have anything to do with his character and also <laughs> there are impacts for the other shows like like people who are going to be like suddenly confused watching Mando sees the first episode of season three. How did he get Grogu back? Wait, when did that happen? What, what's going on here? You know? And it's like, well, you should have done the summer reading, right? Well, yeah. Or or finish, or finish the book. Yeah. (laughs) Finish the book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a good way of putting it. But, um, to your point, I think with, um, the characters right and they're leaning on particular characters i'm looking forward to cassian because it's basically just him with maybe a little bit of mon mothma and that's it um and, and again obi-wan we thought might be like that but then again they folded leia in 
and and gave us more of a lone wolf and cub kind of thing, um, which has worked for them and yeah. has been very successful for them. Um, but maybe with Cassian, we're going to get some new characters and some different things. We didn't know very much about Cassian to begin with anyway. So um, he's he's in a, in a way his own new character. But but if you don't you don't want to watch Obi Wan, don't watch Obi Wan. Like it's in the title. It's called Obi Wan Kenobi. It's about him. You, you know, it's set between episodes three and four. And, um, and you know what's interesting is that if you don't watch Obi Wan Kenobi, you're not going to miss anything in the overall Star Wars story. Not really. I mean, well, not yet. No, you're not going to. I mean, no. there. This is one of those things where it's like, um, I don't know. It's it, it's. It, you're you're not. It's not. It's not. It, it's adding. It's adding a little bit, but it's not like becoming. Um, oh my gosh, this is absolutely necessary because well, you know it's it's kind of like. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Rogue One has become kind of a necessary. Um, story part of the story a little bit but maybe not so much anyway it you're not missing anything if you don't watch it so it reinforces things mm-hmm. you know is what, what i was saying earlier it's like all right i see i see character traits that i understand about these people and we're going to reinforce those things and we're going to show them to you in a different way and we're going to show them to you um Maybe the maybe some of those character traits are challenged, and maybe they go through some growth over the course of the series. But ultimately, it's the same people that you understand and know and love, and that's where that's why you're tuning in. Um, and and again, like people who don't get that, I, I I don't understand like why you would tune into this show, learn in episode one that Princess Leia is going to be a big part of it, and then not just absolutely adore her Princess Leia's Leia'sms for the rest of the series. Uh, and it's the same thing with Obi-Wan. I want to see this guy get back on his feet. I want to see him become the Jedi that we know he can be. Um, well, and that's to, the whole friggin' point. And to yeah. continue my, my illusion, I'll get, I'll send it to Fredo. It's like, it's the Marvel stuff. It's like, as much as I didn't want to watch Ant-Man and Wasp, you kind of got to have to, to understand, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, how did how did ant-man get stuck in a van what's going on you know there's there's things in endgame and 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 not just ant-man and wasp but you know like all the marvel movies there's something that if you didn't see this one movie then it kind of sets you off kilter to try to figure out the overall arc Fredo, i'll toss it to you no yeah actually i was gonna make the comparison too because on the same ones that we got this episode miss marvel debuted on Disney Plus. And a lot of the people who had the similar reaction, negative reaction to Obi-Wan Kenobi had a negative reaction to Ms. Marvel, which, by the way, delightful show, wonderful show. If you like teen dramas, teen comedies, it's it's a Marvel teen comedy. And I'm like, perfect. That's exactly who this character is. But it goes to one of the things that I think Marvel is doing now. They're recognizing we can, you know, the first decade was just, you know, Movie starring big brawny white guys, and that's what we got. We got Thor, we got Captain America, we got Iron Man, we got Guardians with Star Lord in the middle, you know. And as the phases have gone along, they've branched out. They've given us different characters with different stories. I'm hoping that at some point Star Wars does that because here's one of the things: 
if you don't like Miss Marvel, if you feel Miss Marvel as a Marvel uh, teen comedy drama show focusing on a Pakistani American teenage girl, it's not for you. Guess what? Nobody's putting a gun to your head saying, you must watch this. You don't have to be a completist. Marvel Comics puts out something like 200 comics every month. You don't have to read every single one to understand the story that's happening with Spider-Man or the story that's happening with Captain America or whatever. I hope that at some point Star Wars gets to a point where if you don't want to watch the Obi-Wan Kenobi or you don't want to watch Andor, feel free. Check out. You like The Mandalorian? Well, The Mandalorian is coming back in February. You'll you'll get your fix of what the stuff, kind of Star Wars that you like at that point. But I feel that so many, so many of the... Uh, of the fandom of the of the fan base are just getting so hung up on this show because they they see it as another piece within the the holy canon quote unquote and uh they want it all to fit perfectly the way that they picture it and the fact of the matter is is even from the very onset stuff has contradicted itself stuff has not mm-hmm. fit perfectly and it's it that's fine that's part of the beauty of it but also if you feel that something's not, like if Book of Boba Fett was not your jam, cool, check out, you know, go go see something that you're interested in, and that's totally fine. You you don't need you know watching or not watching Rebels or Resistance or the sequel trilogy or any of these shows makes you more or less a Star Wars fan. It just means that was not something that interests you at the point. You may come back to it at a later date. You know the flaws to what you're saying. Sometimes the flaws are part of the beauty of the thing. And it's like uh, these little differences that we call flaws or these these uh, these hang ups or these issues. The, 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 the goes back to the very beginning, the stormtrooper hitting his head on the door, you know, like I adore, adore that moment. I look for it every time. If I'm not if I've got Star Wars on in the background, I'm doing I'm working or whatever. I'm not yep. paying any attention. I'll pause what I'm doing, because if I know that moment's coming up, just so I can watch that moment. By the way, something kind of funny happened. Uh, it, 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 in it, when I did it, I was like, I'll be danged. I do do this. Um, so this weekend is like, you know, was TNT Star Wars marathon and mm. Empire Strikes Back comes on and I watched the opening. And then once I see Luke on the Tauntaun, I switch channels. And I came, I came, I came back to it when it was like time for the battle, because, because again, I had that conscious thing of God, this movie starts so slow, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, it's so it's just like I switched to something else until it was time to battle at ats. Um, well, to your point, to that point, like we don't have to like it all, right? No. And that's what Freda was just saying. Yeah. We don't have to like it all. There's certain things that rub me the wrong way, even though I'm like Mr. Sunshine over here talking about how much I love this stuff. It's like, yeah, there, I, I don't love it all. There's things that I'm like, ah, I hate that. But it's like, I don't, I don't get criticism of this show because like they're delivering exactly what they promised. Maybe in your head canon, you thought it was going to be Luke and not Leia. I, you know, I don't know what to tell you about well, that. Like, uh, honestly, so I didn't think it would be either of them. I thought alarm, it was going to be him. Your alarm off. went off, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to dwell on something here for a minute because, mm-hmm. again, a lot of things. I mean, I think 
it's coming a lot from Clone Wars fans, people who grew up with Clone Wars. They wanted something about Satine. They wanted something with Maul. They wanted something, you know, with Anakin. They wanted flashbacks and having Ahsoka in there. I mentioned part of that. But they wanted all these things that were Clone Wars based. And guess what? We're not getting anything that's Clone Wars based. It's because it's, we had seven seasons of it. Yeah. So, you know, they, they wanted all that. And that's not, I mean, I can hear them talk about it on their, on their podcasts and on, you know, on their YouTube channels and everything. And they're not getting that. And so they're, they're torqued, you know, um, but I'll give them, you know, like one little nugget that, that I loved was seeing the clone trooper on mm-hmm. in that cityscape begging for handouts like lovely callback basically perfect in my mind because it's like yes the clones were completely abandoned in this and why don't we ever talk about that yeah and here that at least they've started the conversation by showing it for once um yeah and particularly because it's the first time that obi-wan has seen that face oh yeah that yeah haunting since- <laughs> since they got shot at by them and hunted by them so it's you know, an somebody, interesting moment somebody brought up a point do you think the clone trooper recognized obi-wan yeah who knows it Maybe. was it was it was a member of the 501st mm-hmm. um so i mean it was actually one of anakin's but, but i mean so where anakin was obi-wan was not too far behind yeah. Well, he wouldn't necessarily have any motivation to roll over on him at that point, right? Um, so, so, anyway. Well, all right. Well, I guess in a couple hours we'll be able to find out exactly what happens in the next episode. Um, but, uh, you know, the I, I will say this is the first um, of these series of any of the Marvel or, or uh, Star Wars Disney Plus series where I don't feel like we're going to have to cram a bunch of crap in at the end. <laughs> I no. felt I felt like the pacing and the writing has been like, you know, kept me on the edge of my seat, but I don't feel like, oh man, they're not going to get, they're not going to get everything in or this last episode is just going to be a total mess. Um, so I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, no, and it's one of the interesting aspects of making the show when you know, first of all, that it's all one season, it's all one director. It allows for that. Whereas I think some ways, despite the quality of the direction for shows like Boba Fett or The Mandalorian, uh, sometimes you do get that sense of, okay, this week was a bit slower, or, you know, this was the Frog Lady episode versus this is the episode where everything happens and we could spend three hours talking about it. So I think this one, they're doing a good job of pacing, even even though, once again, the episodes are not the equal length. This episode felt like it told a, a whole story of its chapter, a whole chapter of its story. Cool. Well, I guess uh, with that, we will, I think, uh, call it good. Um, let us know what you're thinking about Obi-Wan um, in, on Twitter or on Facebook. Hit us up. And... Uh, I guess uh, next week we'll be talking about episode five and we'll see if there are any. Uh, em- now now it's all matrixing, right? We're going to find every little Empire reference because now you know, we're talking about it. Um, looking for them. So anyway, but uh, I guess until then we will say who dat? 
What up? Who up? And uh, everybody have a great week. My monkey.